Coming up, if you're tired of wasting time in those meetings that you just didn't need to be at, you're going to love our interview with Joe K of NSWARM, Innovation Update, Stealth Security, Datavisor, InfoSight, and a $100 million Series A and more. And then we've got the first part of our pre-recorded interview with Sean D'Souza, author of our highly recommended brain audit book, Business Security Weekly, starts now. This is Security Weekly, for security professionals, by security professionals. Broadcasting live from G-Unit Studios in Rhode Island, it's the show about security startups, how to secure your startup, and advice for security startups, it's Business Security Weekly. Brought to you by... Do you have a website, an external presence, employees, an office? Any of these things can be compromised and attacked. How are you defending your assets? Have you penetration tested your public assets? Start 2018 by taking a proactive approach to securing your vulnerable areas. Black Hills Information Security has been helping companies find their weaknesses since 2008. Email consulting at blackhillsinfosec.com and see how they can help you sleep better at night. Hey everyone, and welcome to Business Security Weekly. It's episode number 74, recorded live on Friday, February 16, 2018. This is the show where we explore the business of security to improve the security of business. Your trusted source for actionable insights on leadership, communication, and innovation. Sometimes called the San Hobo, I am Michael Santarcangelo, and today I'm joining you from lovely, sunny Myrtle Beach. The Chamber of Commerce pays me to say that. Joining me from G-Unit Studios in Rhode Island is everyone's favorite Valentine, Paul Asadorian. Thank you very much, Michael. It's awesome to be here. Uh, it's uh, it's like a daunting task for my brain for a couple of reasons today. One, I didn't get much sleep last night uh, due to a child offspring. We'll do that. And uh, it's our our last sh- the last show to be recorded in a given week uh, is this show. Uh, so running through my brain is like all the stuff we've talked about on all the different shows and two webcasts, uh, and we did a pre-recorded interview, right? So yes, we had a really week. yeah we had a busy week, so there was even more content than normal. Uh, so my my brain is just all over the place today. So and of course we've got a nice and packed program for everybody, so they're gonna love it. So basically, what you're saying is you you wish that you were doing the intros and uh, all the all the reads today. <laughs> Glad so I, I am I, not. You and Keith <laughs> have embraced that and have been doing an awesome job uh, on that as well. And Doug's been running with his own show, so it's really it's cool to see you know from a business perspective. This is Business Security Weekly. Uh, to I think and I think we're gonna talk some about this at least that's where my brain's going in our interview today, Michael. Uh, is how you enable other people in your business to take on roles to alleviate pressure from you as a business owner, but also, and in Michael, in conversations we had today, uh, your vision is uh, mature, and I think what a lot of people don't realize moving into the field is you want to uh, work yourself out of a job. You want to be able to pass that yep. off to other people, and that's greatly satisfying. When you start your career, that it seems like backwards thinking, and I don't know if it's our education system or whatever that trains us that way. Um, but you want to basically document yourself out of a job. Um, and, and so I, I've been doing that successfully. As, you know, for example, Michael's doing all the intros and outros for all the segments on the show. It's fantastic. Good job. You get my A for the day today, Paul. I've, I've already given it out. That's, <laughs> there you go. Uh, maybe, too, Thank you. maybe too soon, but I'm I like honored. it. I'm honored. All right, so uh, we've been talking about InfoSec World. They've got a new announcement. Pros versus Joes capture the flag. 
So you can log in on March 20th and start attacking a real corporate network. Of course, that's in air quotes. You can do uh, mail servers to web servers all the way to a VoIP phone system. Security Weekly listeners can register now. You save 15% off the main conference or World Pass. Use the code OS18-SW, and we'll see you at Disney's Contemporary Resort March 19th to 21st. All right, so back on show 68, right before we uh, – or that might have been the one where we actually had Jen Manella join us. We talked about an article. The, the title was called Managers Must Be Insane to Brainstorm in Groups, uh, and I, I probably uh, completely agreed with that based on our experiences. We talked a lot about groups and meetings and just the, the complete inanity that goes on with that. And Karsten, and Karsten, I think if, if you're not our biggest fan, which felt awkward to say, you're probably our biggest and you're our best promoter. And you're a global connector. Joe and I have decided you, you're the global connector, Karsten. So Karsten reached out and he said, hey, you need to know Joe. Reached out to Joe, said, Joe, you need to talk to Michael. And because it was Karsten, we said, yeah, okay, sure. And then when our schedules, or I guess as we would say, diaries lined up, uh, we finally connected. Great conversation. We talked about wasted meetings, how we design tools to help people, all sorts of different stuff. So it, I'm as you could tell, excited to welcome Joe Kay to Business Security Weekly. Joe, welcome, and thanks for joining us at the end of a very long week for you as well. Hey, well, it's a bit—it's been a long week for me, but I've got beer. It's happy hour in Britain, so um, you know go. I'm all good now, and it's a pleasure to be here. It's it's five it's five o'clock somewhere. All right, so uh, so the way I got connected to you was basically, hey, uh, so you don't like brainstorming, or you like brainstorming, you don't like wasted meetings. You you need to talk to Joe. That was it. So you and I got together. I remember you said to me, so you you, you don't like brainstorming. I was like, no, no, I love it. <laughs> I I don't like the way it's yeah. done. And you're like, okay, good. All right, we we keep chatting. So tell me quickly then, right? We we love to start here with, what's the problem that you're setting out to solve? Yeah, cool. So um, the problem, and my, my team and I, we started looking at like, how do we really transform the way that people work? And work for us is all about action. It's like actually creating something, actually building something, um, actually putting on a podcast or a show. Um, but what do we spend most of our time doing is talking about action in meetings. And everyone's got their own problems with meetings, their own personal problems. For some, it might be to do with uh, everyone talking, but nothing ever getting decided. Uh, or for others, it might be, you know, the meeting's being dominated by one particular person and they, for whatever reason, don't feel like they can get their voice heard. So the problem is wasteful meetings, Michael. Yeah, and I mean, look, we've we've all been into them. They're, they're the ones that we get angry. We don't want to be there. We sometimes verbally, loudly question why we're there in the first place uh, or, or what have you. So what I'm kind of curious then, and I love uh, the name and Swarm, and I, I knew there was a story behind it. So how did you get to this? How did you get to the name and Swarm? And, and how did you even get to looking at solving this problem in a different way? Yeah, cool. So uh, I was, uh, my previous career, I was in the military. Um, and uh, I, I was involved in lots of different teams uh, through the Iraq and Afghanistan period. And I thought I was Mr. Teamwork. Um, but then I read this book called The Smart Swarm by Peter Miller, all about how bees and ants make decisions together uh, and how they think together. And I thought, you know what, uh, we are not the highest performing teams in the world in the military. The highest performing teams on the planet are bees and ants. They have actually evolved to think together. So that got me into 
looking at how humans think together and the world of Daniel Kahneman's book, Thinking Fast and Slow. And, and I thought, well, you know, in, in this world of human cognitive bias, that's how humans have evolved to think. Whereas insects, collectively intelligent insects like bees and ants have evolved to think together much more intelligently. So then I thought, you know, whenever humans haven't evolved an ability to be able to do something, like we didn't uh, evolve the ability to be able to fly, but the Wright brothers could see birds flying around and say, you know, flight is possible. So what do they do? They go and invent the tools to enable humans to fly. Uh, so in the same way, I suppose I was inspired by bees and ants and thinking we can achieve a higher level of thinking collectively together. Uh, so that inspired me to build the tools to enable us to do that, which is where we got to end swarm. So it's all about end swarming your questions and swarming your problems. Uh, it's tools that allow people to think together more intelligently. I, Joe, I want to just go back to the problem for a moment. It, is the the problem that meetings don't lead to action? Um, it's not necessarily that they don't lead to action. It's that they might lead to the wrong actions mm. for whatever reason. So you know, human bias might cause us to uh, go with what the most senior person says because, you know what, like, he or she has said something and it's my annual appraisal tomorrow and I just really, I'm going to pick my arguments. I think that what we're talking about is totally wrong, but I'm not going to fight it today. You know, and that's just a human dynamic that we have. Um, so sometimes, or a lot of the times there are all these in history, there's all of these occasions, documented occasions where group think has caused us to do the wrong thing and our actions and activities that have followed on from that decision have caused disasters or have definitely been the wrong thing to do. So what we're trying to do is to get to the right actions faster, more intelligently. Um, and, and that's really where we, where we got the inspiration for Antswarm. Yeah, no, that's, that's helpful. That's, I, I like that description better than the way I was thinking of it. So. Well, I was going to point out too, I, th I think what we find a lot of times is you have meetings. I mean, the joke is we have meetings about meetings to plan the meetings that we are going to meet about. But what that means is, we, you know, even now, look at everybody adopting Slack. How, I mean, that's neat for being the water cooler. I, I And look, there's plenty of people who maybe mastered it, but it's kind of like, you know, we have those reply all email chains. We have those meetings about meetings. We have the, these group discussions that sometimes lack the structure. I guess, Joe, is that the, is that, the point? Is it that we, we don't have the structure to swarm, to end swarm these properly? Or is it something other than just the structure? So, so what we really do um, is, is two main things. Uh, we acknowledge and work around human biases. And we try to, through structure that you're talking about, Michael, uh, motivate the individuals towards team success. And so you're, you're so right with the structure. Um, if you think about uh, the perfect meeting, which is a lot of what you do a lot of the time, Michael, it's, it's you, you go in and facilitate a conversation and through the act of you being there, you will be reducing the bias in the room. So you will make sure that that quiet person you know, the Einstein in the corner that's not normally confident enough to speak up, 
you will say, okay, all right, Mr. CEO, keep quiet for a minute. Let's listen. Let's listen to this person in the corner. Um, and that's what we're trying to achieve with our software as well. Yeah, without having to have me in that room, right? Uh, you know, and, and look, Joe, Joe and I have talked now twice. And one of the things that I was taken with is uh, I actually started asking you for advice, Joe, because what I realized over the last year or two is prior to doing a workshop with me, if I helped people think through just five questions ahead of time, not spend a lot of time on it, but then, and this was the big key for me, share the answers in advance. We try to strip away who it is, but let's be fair. You, I mean, if you work with a team, you, you get a sense of who, who does what. Took all the mystery out of it, and I went from those first hour or two being a little awkward to people could hit the ground running. And so what I've kind of seen in what you've shown me about in Swarm is you, you've done that, but even better. So give, give us the high level how does this then work? Based on what you've been working on for quite a while now, how how would this work different for people if they're trying to approach solving a problem or whether or not they should even have a meeting? What's the process look like? Cool. So a lot of meetings or a lot of problems can always be framed as questions. So we say that at Enswarm, what we do is help you move from questions to ideas and then ideas to action. Um, so if you've got a question, Michael, when you're going in to see clients um, or a series of questions, we would say, don't ask a question in a meeting, you can end swarm it. So you pose a question uh, at the top of uh, our, within end swarm, and it's a mind map interface. So that's where we got back to the original, we were talking about brainstorming and that's why Carsten introduced us. So you pose your question and then you invite your team. And so it would be the same people that would be involved in the meeting. Uh, and then everyone can comment uh, within this mind map. Now, the key differences are that we hide the names of who is talking to whom. So it's you don't know when you are interacting with these people in the mind map, whether it's the CEO or whether it's an intern. And so we sort of level out the hierarchy um, while people are talking about ideas. But then the second element to it is that every piece of content that we put in, uh, that anyone puts in, we get everyone else to rate it uh, for the value that it adds to the conversation. So this is a real leveler. It means that you know CEOs or people high up in the hierarchy, if they're putting an idea forward and everyone just is in the end swarm, they have no idea uh, who has put that forward. They might all rate that as a low value idea, and then it, does, it gets filtered out. So it, whereas if you were doing that sort of, uh, it, you, if you were doing, having that conversation in the open, if, if the boss says something, it, it's a very, it's a very brave person to say, no, I don't like that idea. So it makes the, it, it makes the ideas phase meritocratic. Uh, we're not necessarily talking about the decision-making phase, um, but what Enswarm does is allows, uh, allows everyone to have a good understanding about what the team thought we should do, what ideas were best. You know what I love about this too is that giving people that chance to assign some sort of a value to it, this is not a new finding for the last 20 years or so. When anytime we go and we look at organizations, I say we, I, I've had very little to do with, with this larger side to it, and we look at top challenges. It's been communication. But not just, I want to know what's going on. It's, I want my voice to be heard. 
what I love about this is if I if I strip who it is away and I give people to ask questions or to respond to things and then to assess the value of it, we're giving them a chance for their voices to be heard. We like that. And the, this is the interesting thing. And Joe, I'm curious if your experiences match this. In my experience, if I give somebody the chance to voice and get validated for their voice and to share their experience, even if ultimately that decision doesn't go the way that they thought it would, they have two things. They were heard and they at least understand why and what happened. Do you find ultimately, I'm probably jumping ahead a couple steps on you, but as a result of this, do you tend to see the same sorts of outcomes? Yeah, definitely. So I suppose what I should say first is that although we hide the names within our MindMap interface, behind the scenes, everything that people put into our MindMap is recorded against their profile. So they can be acknowledged for the effort that they've put in. So the more engaged they are and the more value they add, the, the more they will be recognized for that down the line. So it's that fine balance of removing the bias, but motivating them. Um, and that principle came actually from one of my times in the army. Um, uh, one of my uh, original squadron commanders, uh, we were stood up to go on uh, a, an evacuation um, and we were given 48 hours notice to move. Um, and because we had 48 hours notice to move and we were, it was going to an Afri potentially going to an African country that we weren't prepared for, we didn't know anything about. My, my boss, did such an amazing job and he got everyone to say right what we've got time here what do you think and he allowed everyone to have their say and then so everyone was sort of putting in their their comments and coming up with their ideas uh, which is something that you wouldn't really think of uh, from the military and a lot of the time the, the soldiers were coming up with ideas that we just couldn't do and they they hadn't realized that there was some strategic reason. No, we can't use this idea. We can't use that idea. But the very fact that they'd had their opportunity to have their say, and then we'd explained why we couldn't do it that way, they were totally bought into the final plan. And that's the, the what we're trying to get into Enswarm, that you, you don't have to, it doesn't have to go your way, but because you're, you've been involved in the process, you will buy in. You felt like you've got heard, and that's really important for humans. The other thing I like about this too is we give people that opportunity, at least as if I'm understanding what you've shown me properly, because you, you talk about rating it, right? That's the value. Uh, and then you talk about tagging it, and, and it can either be, yep, this is something we should act on, or this doesn't really fit here. We used to call that the bullpen or some sort of repository for ideas. Tell me how that works then, because you know, to Paul's question, you were, you were looking at, you were saying, it's not just that meetings don't lead to action, they don't lead to the right action. So how does the tagging yeah. and the weighting or the rating play into getting to the right action? Yeah, so we, we will get everyone to rate every piece of content that comes uh, that comes in on the mind map and we don't force people to do it but we will encourage them to because it's like hey this is how you get your voice heard um, but we also uh, everyone can tag every piece of content so when there are ideas there that we think or that you would think uh, from your own personal perspective 
answers the original question, you will say, you know, I'm tagging this as an action. And when you're doing that, or when Paul's doing that, and I'm doing that, we're all doing it independently, but none of us can see what the others are doing. The, the ideas that have been tagged the most as action points and have got the highest ratings, then when we go into the analysis period of NSWARM, we can see what are the actions that we should do as a team. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, one of the things I, I found myself esoterically debating over the last couple of years is, well, but shouldn't we have a more formal structure and teach everybody all the gradations? And what I've learned and, and remembered and realized is, no, g give them a voice and let's see collectively. They go, yep, this is an action and it's high value. And if enough people say that, it's the way that you've done it. It's not that group think. It's not necessarily a consensus as much as a, it's probably a good choice. And I, that to me feels really exciting because what I what I see with a lot of teams right now is they're not sure where to focus or or what to stop or what they should do. And this gives everybody that voice to come back. If you can give me a much smaller set of things to take a look at, I think people have a much better chance for success. So, all right. So tell yeah. us a little bit about the company then, because it's kind of interesting. So you've got a background in the military and you've been polite and coy about it. First of all, thank you for your service. But you've also done something I think is fascinating, which is not just fly helicopters, but you flew an Apache. So that's that's pretty cool. How do you go from flying an Apache to doing a software startup, focusing on group dynamics and better decisions faster? Yeah, thanks. Well. Thank you for your thanks. Um, and uh, I, I will say, actually, I, I learned to fly Apaches with the US Army. Uh, I was on a three-year attachment with 101st, and uh, it was some of the best times. Um, I learned a lot there. Uh, and so how did I go from flying Apaches so, uh, to, to doing a software startup? It was, we, we were doing a lot of work with teams, and I've always been passionate about teamwork. It was one of the reasons I joined the Army. Um, I actually joined the army two days before September 11th. So I thought I was going to be going off doing all sorts of peacekeeping. Two days later, uh, I was in basic officer training and uh, we ended up in Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, and that's what you sign up for, uh, situation changes. Um, but I was always passionate about teamwork. And, and going joining the military, that's where you actually get training in teamwork and how to get the best out of a team and leadership. So uh, when I was... Uh, and, and as an Apache pilot, I was in the fortunate position to be attached to lots of different ground units in Afghanistan. So uh, I would learn what lessons, you know, various different units, how they would do it um, and how a different unit would do it the next week because I'd be on a different mission with um, a, a different set of people. So uh, I got a lot of practical experience about what teams do and how the best teams operate. So. I've taken a lot of that experience uh, and then uh, I was inspired then by the bees and the ants and what they were doing and I've kind of merged those together uh, and so that's how I, I got into it. I've just got a genuine passion for teamwork and, and I think that there's this real gap in the market for transforming the way that teams work together when they are in as an alternative to the meeting. When they are going, when they've got a question that they need to answer, they need to get ideas out of people and then they need to decide on actions. You know, there's plenty of software out there that takes people's actions 
and then trans and then puts them into a project management plan and puts it uh, so and transfers it into activities for people to do. But there was nothing really that was a viable alternative to the meeting. And really, that's what I was just super inspired to change the way that teams work together. So that, that's me. It's all teamwork. How, what, so we have a, a lot of folks, uh, especially in the security industry, that got their start in the military and they've transitioned out. What was, what was the transition like? We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but I'm curious if you had any, any insights for our audience that are either looking at transitioning out of the military or wondering how they can draw on some of their career experience into it. Did you go right into a startup uh, and into this kind of a mode? Or, I mean, like, is that part of just who you are? Or what was that transition like? And what advice would you have for somebody else considering the same thing? Well, I would say, actually, um, the being in a startup is not dissimilar being in a unit on operations uh, in a military unit. You're given a lot of flexibility. That when we were in Afghanistan, you're given a lot of ability to innovate yourselves. And, and so actually a lot of the skills that I had from the military were very applicable to startups. Um, I would also say that the major challenge in any organization is the people. It's getting the people together and getting them working as a team. The expertise in whatever you're doing, whether it's flying and operating Apaches and maintain, keeping them maintained, or if it's working with a whole load of software engineers uh, and designing and developing a new piece of software, or actually, that's not the main challenge. The main challenge is getting the people working together. So because people in the military have been trained in that, mm -hmm. I think that military personnel uh, perfect to be entrepreneurs. Yeah, you're not the first person to say that. People don't. How do you feel about taking a question from the audience? Yeah, go for your life. <laughs> Good. All right. So, uh, so they said. So, how large are the groups? Like when you, so when you work with a group, how, because what they pointed out is that getting the attention and then getting the consensus from large groups is always a challenge. So, when we're talking about rating and tagging and working in the groups, what have you started looking at so far? Any any thoughts on how to size this? proper or better or have you found that maybe it works with any size group because of the process so i will say that we are um it we're whereas a lot of uh, software out there is trying to uh, so trying to look at large groups we are looking specifically at a, a replacement for meetings and so if you think you know what i'm going to hold a meeting with 10 people or 20 people or 30 people, you're going to treat those meetings differently. And so we would treat the way that we would run an end swarm differently. Uh, further, I would say that when a group gets bigger, it still does need someone within the software to be the chairperson, to be the facilitator. We are a direct replacement for a meeting. So you can you can switch us in for any question, idea, action-based meeting. We are not a we're not software that would be. We are not crowdsourcing. We are not looking to um, do a hundred uh, to have a hundred people, a thousand people on our software. We just want to be. If you're going to have a meeting, you don't need to. You don't need to have a meeting. You can answer it.
No, yeah, and I like that. You know, you pointed out something else too in our conversation. I'll just I'll I'll add into it and let you talk more about it. It's putting some of those constraints around it, right? I'm a I'm a, I'm obviously a fan of structure and constraints. And what I liked was you said, okay, well, there's a question period, but then we can close it, and then there's a there's a whatever you call it period. And so it's there's a way to move it together. But I also want to let you talk with that with the. You're right. A, a meeting with three to five people was very different than a meeting with 15 to 20 people. And most of us, you know, roll our eyes and cringe at, at meetings that, that fill up a whole room. Um, but my instinct, and I'm looking forward to learning more about this and trying it out myself, is I could actually navigate a larger group faster over uh, a period of, let's say, a week or two using NSWARM than I ever could uh, in any other sort of a method. So, what role then do the constraints play, Joe, and in terms of timing it, especially because the, the second part of the question was getting their attention. H how do you get people to have some level of attention to this, to, to participate using constraints or, or what have you learned? Yeah, that's a, a fantastic question. Um, so I will say that at the moment we are in a pre-release testing period. Uh, so what we are doing is, is running a lot of these tests. What we are finding at the moment is that NSWARM works best over a period of potentially, say, four days. Uh, the first day being, hey, there's been a question posed. Is this the right question? Are there any supplementary questions? You just get people to put the questions, uh, put supplementary questions back in. The next 24 hours is all about Put your ideas in. No idea is a stupid idea and you don't have to worry about it because no one can see that it's you. So everyone puts their ideas in. The next 24 hours is all about, hey, go in, rate, tag, add, and then add your content. Just have a discussion. If, there are, if you can see issues, you raise those issues. If you've got questions, ask them, answer them, put in as many ideas, just absolutely free for all. Uh, and then the final 24 hours is about going back in and rating, tagging everything. Um, everything that you, so have your say, it's your chance. Um, now, how we're motivating people to do that, initially we're working with consultants and facilitators because we're trying to provide a tool for uh, consultants and facilitators to use, whether that's internal within an organization or external. It still requires someone to drive that conversation and drive the structure. We're trying to put in place some, uh, some ways to motivate people to get back in the tool. So what we're going to be seeing in the next week is uh, we're going to notify you once a day and say, hey, Michael, here's a rundown mm. of all of the content that you, know, you put in this, this idea and and several people have commented on it, so go back in and have a look and rate what they and continue the conversation. So we're getting That's them smart back in. Yeah. I like that. I but like at the moment, it's, the other thing you know, you and I talked about, I just want to throw it to you an idea, see what you think of it. Uh, start small. Like if we're worried about a big group, don't get them to do something small uh, that, that a couple people can do. And as they get used to the interface and they like the results, my instinct is people who get results from using something, they'll, they'll do it more and then we, we can build them up. Does, does that seem to fit your experience or am I just getting too, uh, too dreamy there? No, definitely starting small is, is good. Um, what I would say when you are starting small though, you can start on some, you've got to start with a question that 
people still care about. You know, if you go in and because uh, everyone's so busy, we've got so many meetings, right? So if you if you can go in and say, you know what, um, we're doing an office move. How could we best do the office move? Or hey, we're we're going to have a what what are we going to do with the Christmas party this year? You know, you could do a test question that people still care about. They want to have their say, but it's not the end of the world. So it's a bit of a tryout, you know. Um, but if if you if you start with a question that's that's too controversial or that people um, don't really care about, you're not going to get that engagement. You uh, to to your uh, your question earlier from um, from one of the viewers. You've got to have a question. You've got to be answering a question. You've got to keep people engaged. They need to care about the answer. If they don't care about the answer and what action they're going to do, they're not going to get involved because people don't have the time. So, yeah, start with a, a test question before you build up to what should we be doing for our four year strategy? Uh, you know, that comes a little bit down the line. But we are <laughs> starting to see that uh, even a month into our pre-release. So it's it's exciting times. All right. So if people want to learn more, I know you've got a, a video that explains it. Where can they find that? That's all on nswarm.com. So uh, yeah, feel free. Go to the homepage. Uh, there's a, a video there. Um, and then if you dig deeper into the site, you can see a little bit more on how the tool actually works. There's a couple of other videos that are up for people to see. So nswarm.com. That's fantastic. Uh, obviously, Joe, I'm excited about it. So thank you so much for joining us uh, here at Business Security Weekly. It's it, you, you covered all the stuff we love talking about. How do we solve problems? How do we structure it? How do we make better decisions? Uh, and all those types of things. You can find out more, Joe said, nswarm.com. Uh, and I'm actually, it, I'm looking at how to use this in a lot of the work that we do. I, I think Joe has helped me realize I think there's some better ways to do the things that we're doing. We're going to take a quick break which is a good chance for you to check us out, securityweekly.com. You probably know we have other shows, but you can check out our full line of programming to make your job just a little bit easier. When we come back, the company that got $100 million in their Series A round. Oh. Be right back.